0: David Stokes joins us, Director of Municipal Policy for the Show Me Institute. Normally he comes in studio, but apparently we didn't shower this morning, so he didn't want <laughs> oh, us in studio. Really? Good morning, David Stokes.
1: Good morning, McGraw. Good morning, Kelly. It's it's early. You know, I love coming in studio, but you wanted me early this morning. It's Our hard.
0: 7.17 <laughs> is early. Well, we what, what time do you get to work at the Show Me Institute? Noon?
1: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not YouTube. I don't. I've never understood how how two do this. It's amazing.
0: All right. Fair enough. Let's get to it. You've been following this uh, development in uh, Webster Groves. Um, what's the latest?
1: Well, there's a public hearing tonight, and that's the that's the most important part. It's the City Council is having a public hearing uh, tonight on the issue of the Douglas Hill redevelopment proposal, which is a very large. million plus development proposal in part of sort of north central Webster, the area around uh, sort of around Rock Hill, Kirkham, Gore, Lockwood. Uh, It's a great area and they've got a a proposal. It's got a lot of interesting parts, apartments, condominiums, uh, retail. I'm sure there'll be restaurants and bars. It's, It's a major deal. But of course they want a huge tax increment financing subsidy of around $35 million in order to do it and even more concerning than that, they, wanna, they want the power to at least have the option for eminent domain. They, they've said in the papers they promise not to use it, but they're asking for, for eminent domain, and that should, be, that should be very, very concerning for people. And the city council's got the public hearing tonight, and there's been a lot of interest on this in Webster Grove. A lot of people showing up at the planning meetings. A lot of letters to the editor of the Webster Kirkwood Times. It should be a very interesting meeting tonight.
0: Let's talk about the eminent domain. It's an interesting um, tool that developers use. They say they don't want to use it, but they want the power to use it. And the power to use it is just as powerful as actually using it.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, what the developers are... saying exactly. I just know what I've read in the papers here where they said they don't intend to use it, but they but they want it and they need it. And one of the members of the Planning Commission who voted in favor of the proposal uh, said that he was very concerned about the inclusion of eminent domain, but this person still voted in, in favor nonetheless. So, right. But as you said, the power to have it is is most of the battle because the people you're negotiating with then know that it's if you don't, if they don't reach a deal with you, if they don't agree to sell at your price, that you have the power to take it to <laughs> eminent domain. So, so even right, it, it totally messes up the negotiations to start with. And I would really hope that look, there's this development. It's it's a lot of tall buildings. Uh, some people in Webster Groves are certainly concerned about changing the character of the city. But look, there's a lot to be said for bringing new apartments and condos into old suburbs like lobster groves old wonderful suburbs so that's that's for the people of the city to decide that's part of the democratic process here but absolutely everybody should be very concerned about the going forward with eminent domain in the past 10 years or so we've sort of gone away from using that for private developments in st louis uh, we used a, we used it a lot, unfortunately, in the early part of the century. But we've moved away from it, thank goodness, and hopefully we'll continue to keep it apart.
0: Uh, it was, I could get a great deal on a Johnny Landoff Chevrolet if I were negotiating with him. I gave him a price, and he said no. And I said, "Well, I have eminent domain. I can just take this car from you." So here, I'm going to pay you a thousand dollars. Consider yourself lucky, and I'm going to take a brand new car off the lot. Um, and
1: that and that happens. That that can happen. You've seen instances. When Metro tried to when they not when they tried when they rebuilt the the Forest Park Parkway as part of the Metrolink addition about fifteen years ago, they really lowballed a lot of the homeowners that they were taking some land from they weren't taking houses but they were taking the land along that route and those homeowners had to sue they had to go to court to get a much more fair fair price for their land and because Metro had lowballed them so much and so this stuff does happen, and you you joke about uh, Johnny Landoff, but Metro, eminent domain has been used against car dealerships specifically in the past in St. Louis, because due to a quirk in the law, car dealers, when you sell a car, the sales tax doesn't go to the city; the sales tax goes to the road, in, the state road fund. So cities don't like car dealers because they don't get that money. So they've used eminent domain to target car dealers in the past. It's it's just crazy and i really hope we don't see that aspect of it in webster grove. Let's talk
0: about the tax uh, financing side of this. You mentioned it was 30 something. What what how is that set up? How is that going to work? Is that a sales tax is that the extra money that's generated from the project? What's the where's that 30 million coming from?
1: The, the 35 million is the size of the tax increment financing package uh, and that's the principal use of the subsidy. That's a that means that The the businesses that they have in there now, and this area does have a number of successful small businesses operating there. This is not some blighted area, although I'm sure they'll find an urban planner to tell them it's blighted. It's It's a place with a lot of small businesses paying taxes, providing jobs. But with the TIF, if they buy that land, they'll figure out what it pays in property taxes now. And any increase in that for 23 years will go back to offset the cost of the development. And that's how that's how the TIF tax subsidy works. And it that's how it's supposed to work. That's how it works for the developers. In practice, it doesn't help grow the economy. The East-West Gateway Council of Governments has studied this clearly, as well as many academics around the country. And this type of subsidy-driven, urban planning-driven, government-driven uh, incentives doesn't grow our economy. They, they've got no track record of success. The small businesses in this area They've had a track record for decades and decades of paying taxes, providing jobs, and more. And if they want to sell to this developer for a bigger development in this region, well, good for them. But I don't know why the city has to authorize and the county would have to authorize $35 million in tax subsidies to help them do it.
0: Is it a county TIF or is it a city TIF or what's, I guess, where's that land?
1: Well, thanks, as we've discussed on this show many, many times, thanks to some legal changes, that at the state level, it's now, they call it the Webster Grove TIF Commission, but it is thankfully uh, predominantly appointed by people from County Executive Page. Uh, the county, So it's really a County TIF Commission. And that's so, we've sought this change through the legislature so that we can have a much more regional viewpoint of tax increment financing decisions. And this is, it's worked out very well in the three counties in Missouri that have it, including St. Louis County, where this TIF commission, the county TIF commission, rejected a terrible $150 million floodplain subsidy in Maryland Heights early in 2020. And, and the, the history, the track record of the county TIF commission is certainly better than what predated it, when every city could implement whoever they want on their TIF commission and just look what was good for each city, be it Ellisville or Bridgestone or Shrewsbury and on and on. Uh, you had a lot of just very myopic decisions of let's do what's good for our city and not give a damn about the whole region. So what's... hopefully the County tip Commission will do a lot better, as they have been in recent years.
0: Okay, so I, a lot of people who are um, familiar with your work know you did a lot with uh, floodplains and uh, sort of followed all that. This development in Webster Groves goes right through Shady Grove Creek which is a runoff tributary something there's a creek there how much is this going to impact floods one way or the other well
1: i hope people really consider this and i know they did a flood study as part of as part of this proposal because while it's a small creek and maybe not well known it does flood it flooded just a few months ago after a, after a big storm so absolutely you're going to this development would Impact Shady Creek there, and part of that is a floodplain, and so that's very concerning. We the law was actually changed earlier this year, so that in in Missouri, most of Missouri, including St. Louis County, you can't use TIF in a floodplain anymore. Uh, there are some exceptions, unfortunately, but I don't think these exceptions apply here. So this particular development, I think the application was in before the law changed, so it's probably grandfathered. Unfortunately. But that doesn't mean the members of the city council and the TIF commission and the planning commission should be considering the fact that this is another example of using subsidies to develop the floodplain. It might be a small floodplain here, but that's how, if you talk to Bob Chris at Wash U and and all over, that's, that's how flooding has gotten so much worse in this area. It's not necessarily one giant project, although we've certainly had harmful giant floodplain projects like in Chesterfield. But it's also a number of small ones. Here, there, you, you, you pave over the floodplain by a creek. You, you, you tighten up a, a creek or a small river, and then the next thing you know, you, you've done that dozens of times, and flooding is worse and worse, which is exactly what we've seen in the St. Louis region. So the floodplain part is an important aspect of this, and I very much hope that the elected officials in Webster Groves and the people on the TIF Commission are, are very concerned about it as they
0: should be, Dave. Uh, uh, clearly, uh, you, uh, as the policy director of the Show Me Institute, are against this. You're, that's obvious. Um, and and I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but it, it, is there a sense that the community is for this, against this? Where is public opinion on this? Do we have any idea?
1: Well, based on the comments at the planning commission meetings, and based on I would say the, the what I've read in the Webster Crooker Times and elsewhere, there's definitely a lot of opposition to it. it it did not. It was not passed out of the planning commission with a with a positive vote of recommendation. It was the planning commission in Webster Groves had a tie vote, four to four. Mm. So it, it moves on. But that's just an example of there's a lot of opposition here. Oftentimes, we've talked about projects like this so many times, and oftentimes, especially in the beginning phase, there's not a lot of attention to it. People don't really know about it. Right. And maybe near the very end of it, when it's almost a done deal, people get they hear about it and they get concerned. I've definitely been impressed in Webster Groves by all the people actively participating in the debate from the beginning here. Uh, most of the comments delivered to the Planning Commission were in opposition to it. And at the City Council public hearing tonight, which you can go to at the City Hall or you can you can watch it on Zoom, uh, you just go to the Webster Groves City Hall website and they'll have the Zoom link for you. You can go on and, and watch it. And then on October 27th is the public hearing of the TIF Commission specific to the TIF decision and that's where where and when I'll be
0: testifying about the proposal does this so there's a
1: lot of there's a lot of interest in it in Webster Groves and certainly some opposition
0: I was just suspect what about the does the mayor and the city council when do they ultimately vote on whether or not this goes through or not or do they
1: well of course they will absolutely uh, they have a city council meeting tonight and this public hearing on the on the proposal is tonight I don't expect them to vote on it tonight but they they could. I would think that their final decision will be held at some point in November after the October 27th TIF committee recommendation. And, and yes, in the end, uh, the biggest votes are of the TIF commission on the $35 million TIF proposal. And then the city council on the entire project, including the TIF based on what or, whether or not what the TIF commission recommends. So there's a lot of votes upcoming here, city council, TIF commission, and more. And it's, it's very interesting. And it's really Boy, you the Webster-Kirkwood Times is a good way to get the feel of Webster-Groves and Kirkwood and cities like that. And definitely in the letters section, you can see you know, there's absolutely supporters of it, but there's opponents as well. And I think it's going to be a rather raucous public hearing tonight at the city council, which is not a phrase that you hear too
0: often. <laughs> the, the mayor of Webster-Groves, Jerry Welsh, um, is she in favor of this or against this, or do we know?
1: I do, I do not know. I can I can honestly tell you I I don't know. I, I she's been the mayor of Webster Groves for a long time, and I think she's pretty popular in her community. But how she stands on on this particular initiative remains to be seen. As far as I know, remains to be seen.
0: There you go. All right. Uh, where do we go and how do we watch it tonight, David Stokes? The details for the meeting
1: tonight. Just go to the Webster Groves uh, city website. They've got a lot of information on it. To their credit, they've done a good job. Of putting public information up on the proposal, so just go to Webster Grove City website. And for tax increment financing and eminent domain information, on the many many harms of both, you can go to showmeinstitute.org.
0: David Stokes, director of municipal policy for the Show Me Institute, a neighbor of yours truly, and uh, one like heck of poor a David deal. having McGraw as your neighbor. Well, <laughs> do you like do you like the patio we're putting in McGraw? I haven't I haven't had a chance to see it. I'll uh, take a walk by the house today. Um, please, please do. It'll be done this week, I think. I, yes, I will. Uh, I will critique the. Um, <laughs> did you Did you use any um, any uh, any eminent domain to build your uh, your your front patio there?
1: Uh, we, I tried to with some of the neighbors, but they fought back pretty hard. So we decided just to keep the patio on our own property.
0: The answer was no, but you did have the right to use it if you wanted to.
1: <laughs> exactly. Thankfully,
0: David, have a good week. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.
1: There you go.